Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast, where host and lacrosse expert Jamie Monroe will do what he does best, talk about lacrosse. Each episode will provide listeners with education, insights, stories, and lessons about the lacrosse world. We will discuss current events, coaching, philosophies, and college lacrosse recruiting. Now let's get started with your host, Jamie Monroe. How's it going, everybody? Jamie here. Thanks for listening. If you've been enjoying the content in my Philacrosophy podcast, my Inside the Eight podcast, or my A Lacrosse Weekend blogs, I would encourage you to check out the store at jm3sports.com. I've created awesome content for coaches, players, and parents in both men's and women's lacrosse. For coaches, the Coaches Training Program. It's, it's a combination of cutting edge and practical. We have Division I men's and women's coaches all the way down to high school, JV, and youth. For players, I've created JM3 Player Academies, which are designed to teach every variation of every skill for boys and girls across. And for parents, I've created JM3 Recruiting Portal, where I've taken all of the content from my blogs, my podcasts, from webinars, and other interviews, and pooled all of this information in one place where parents can get access to incredible content and insights from the very coaches that you're hoping to play for. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the solo edition of the Philosophy Podcast. I'm really excited to do this. Um, I love doing my podcasts with, with guests. I love doing them with Coach Towers, but I also have so much stuff that I want to share um, that I just decided I was going to start doing these podcasts. So uh, let's get after it here. Um, the topic for our very first podcast is an interesting one, and it's about handedness. It's about being left-handed or right-handed, two-handed, the advantages of being two-handed, the advantages of being one-handed. There's actually so many uh, different elements to this um, that I will probably uh, go on on some interesting tangents, and I'll probably forget a lot of stuff as we go too, but let's kind of just dive into it. So um, first of all, let's just talk about being two-handed versus being one-handed. Um, it's, it's a debate because you know, many people uh, will say that you must be two-handed. You must be equal um, with your right hand and your left hand, or your left hand and your right hand. And there's no question um, that it would be a great advantage to be completely two-handed. Um, and there's no question that there are some minimums that must happen uh, in the sense of being able to do some things, you know, with a weak hand. Um, but, you know, historically, there aren't, that many people uh, that are truly two-handed. Um, and if you look at the all-time goal scorers in the history of NCAA Division I lacrosse, nine of the top 15 are box players that are totally one-handed players. And if you look at you know, the top point getters of all time, you're gonna start to see some more players that are more two-handed, such as uh, Rob Pinnell, you know, who has become more two-handed in some ways as he's gotten older. In other ways, you know, he's still shooting backhand shots instead of left-hand shots. Um, you know, Dylan Malloy is a great example of a guy that was pretty darn two-handed. And there's been some midfielders over the years that seem to be very, very two-handed, such as Josh Sims or Kyle Dixon. And even the freshman Sam Handley from, uh, from Penn, who – this year, I think, has a good chance of being a first-team All-American, was a pretty darn 
two-handed player. Um, but there are, while there are some real advantages, no question to being incredibly two-handed, um, there are also incredible efficiencies with being very one-handed. I mean, look at the Canadians. They have won two out of the last four world championships and they are totally one-handed. And how does that, how is that even possible? Well, there's a couple of things to think about. So for one, you can only play on one side of the field at a time, right? You can't. So if you're, if you're left-handed and you kind of stay on your side of the field, just because you're going to be one-handed doesn't mean you can't go left and right, right? You can dip underneath, and get your strong hand going underneath, and you can go top side to get your strong hand. Um, clearly, it's awesome to have an X guy that is very two-handed. Um, to have somebody that can feed it and split to either hand and really feed it with their weak hand as well as really shoot it with their weak hand is a massive advantage. Uh, Dave Huntley, the late great Dave Huntley used to talk about this all the time. And he really feels like there were hardly any two-handed players in the history of the game. And Josh Sims might be, uh, and Jeff Saki are probably the two that would have come out of his mouth and say that. And he kind of defined it by whether or not you could feed it as well as shoot it. When you think about two-handedness, and you think about people that shoot it really well on the run, there are a lot of middies, particularly right-handed middies, that can shoot it on the run really well left-handed. Um, and Hunts didn't define real pure two-handedness with your ability to do that, because he felt like, you know, a guy like Paul Rabel, for example, that guy can snap it off left-handed on the run as well as he can snap it off right-handed on the run, if not better. And, but, but he didn't feel like, Paul could be a playmaker with his left hand as well, that he couldn't feed it and play with touch because of the kind of pocket that he, that he played with. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, everybody has to be able to do some things with their weak hand. And, and when I say everybody, you might say, well, Gary Gate never did. Well, Gary Gate, you know, if he split to his right down the alley, he, he could throw a one hand righty pass. Okay. So that's how he and Paul Gate and John Grant Jr. and, Mark Matthews and some of these great lefties, you know, would be able to kind of do that. Um, and it was pretty, pretty amazing to kind of watch that. And you might say to yourself, well, you know, what, wouldn't it be so much better if they could be two-handed? And the answer is, yeah, maybe. Um, but being very one-handed gives you some other advantages. And there are distinct advantages in development. And I'm going to explain that right now because this is so important. If you think about the lefty attackman, the lefty attackman always plays in the same place on the field. And everyone's always like, he's all left, he's all left, he's all left. And somehow he continues to get his left. He goes topside and gets his left. You stop him topside, he inside rolls and still gets his left. He splits underneath and gets his left. He split dodges underneath and rolls back to his left. And then he Z dodges and then he rockers. And he continuously gets his left hand. And that lefty attackman becomes an expert at getting his left, but he's also becoming an expert at getting his left on the natural side of the field. So he's always coming to the middle. When you think about box to cross players, they make no effort to learn how to be two handed. And the reason why is because 
they can only play on one side of the field at a time, on one side of the floor. So why would you go over to the other side when you can be a thousand percent effective on your side, on your natural side? And they learn these box across players, they learn the game of getting their strong hand and getting to the middle and getting to the middle on your natural side. There's nothing really more important than this. Um, they learn how to use their backhand to open up what would be a weekend when they go underneath. They learn how to use their behind the back as a, a, a variation of, you know, a weekend. Um, they learn how to use one hand, similar to the examples I was talking about with Gary Gate and John Grant Jr. Um, they learn how to fake and they learn how to feel the pressure and step back. And what I've seen over the years is that the players who are forced to be robotic in their um, two-handedness, meaning always put your stick to the outside, um, always be two-handed, do everything two-handed, what you find, what I find with those players are is that while they may have developed really good skills in being two-handed, they don't have a mastery of getting to the middle. They don't have a mastery of getting to the middle with their strong hand. That is so important. I, I, I can't even stress that is a feel. That is IQ. Um, the ability to get to the middle of the field with your strong hand is something that makes these players what they are. How is it that nine of the 15 all-time top goal scorers are, are, are doing this with one hand? It's because they know how to do it. Now, you could say, wouldn't it be better if they were all two-handed? And I think that if they had the same IQ and they were that equal with both hands, then yeah, that would be a great advantage, but it doesn't seem that people develop that way. And it's really difficult to learn how to do it both ways. This is why the coaches that are saying, always have your stick to the outside, always do everything evenly. You should be lefty there, you should be righty here. These players are following the guidelines of what I would call fake fundamentals. Because so many of the traditionalists are telling you, your stick must always be to the outside, yet, the statistics are telling you that when your stick is to the middle, you will score more goals. Dave Huntley's stats of, of 15,000 MLL shots prove this. Um, I can show you this document that he uh, put together with his, with, his, uh, with his stats guy. And it's, it's fascinating stuff that in every quadrant of the field, other than dead center, the shooting percentages were higher if your stick was to the middle. And so if you start thinking about, okay, well, you can only play on one side of the field at a time anyways. And the mastery of getting your strong hand and leveraging the power of your strong hand and mastering behind the backs and mastering shovels or backhands um, is, makes it very, very compelling that you just might want to develop people in out of the box lacrosse mentality. Let me ask you this question. If you talk to a hockey player, do you think they would trade their backhand for another forehand? 
we all know that the backhand in hockey has a, a higher level of deception. It's harder for goalies to make the saves. It gives you reach and new angles for passing. No different than what your backhand gives you in lacrosse. Think about when you are a lefty on, on your natural side and there's an up pick coming and box across and you go underneath hard and you, you kick out a pass with your backhand. That gave you an element of deception. You know, whether you want to feed the roll man with that or whether you want to kind of kick it out top, there's a level of deceptiveness there that, that you don't get with your forehand. You just don't get it. It's more deceptive. Um, and the same thing with your behind the back. Your behind the back is a feed that is more deceptive than your forehand. It, nobody sees it coming. The ball's in a stick and in the back of the net before anybody ever sees it coming. That's just a fact. Uh, there are ways to replicate that with a lever pass with your forehand, um, but it's still a little bit easier to, to, to disguise a behind the back feed than it is a forehand feed. Um, and so when you start thinking about this element of being two-handed versus being one-handed, and it's so interesting to look at the facts of um, the advantages of both sides. Um, when you look at the NCAA tournament now, you look at, you know, you look at the guys like Pat Spencer, you know, second all-time leading scorer in NCAA history. Um, he has a heck of a left hand. Um, I would say he developed his left hand. He was a little bit more right-handed over time, but man, that guy could come around and dunk it lefty, although he will at times come around and backhand or righty. Who's the all-time leading point scorer in Division I men's across history? That's Lyle Thompson. Um, and Lyle Thompson obviously was very, very one-handed. Um, you know, could make one, could make plays lefty if it was one hand on the stick, but he wasn't almost ever putting two hands on his stick. Um, and it, it's it's incredibly interesting how these guys develop. They're they're quite different players. Obviously, Pat Spencer is the classic X attack man who can split to either hand and shoot on the run with either hand. And it's it's a absolute thing of beauty to do what he can do but he has that feel for how to dodge and get his strong hand too I almost feel like he was a little more right-handed earlier and just kept working in his weekend and he really became much stronger as time went on with his left hand he was always pretty good at it use it a lot more than maybe Lyle Thompson ever did even when he was a younger player same with Rob Pinnell um, and then you look at the Lyle Thompson who developed, he's a wing player, you know, and when he comes around the back, the lefty side, he's playing with his backhand. He's playing with his behind the back. And, and it also is incredibly interesting to kind of think about how those players developed. Let's talk about a teaching progression though. In, in, in developing your strong hand and your two handedness. Does it make sense that, I think it's incredibly important to become a master of getting your strong hand because if you don't have that understanding and feel for, for absolutely making somebody take away your strong hand so much that you can still get your strong hand, um, meaning rocker, 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 top side, the overplay is so much you spin underneath and still get your strong hand and you can make the passes and you have that slowness. Does it make sense that that level of IQ and skill is, is consistent with what these incredible goal scorers have um, that are very one-handed, and there's an advantage to that. Um, 
And we also know that there's a massive advantage to being able to split to your weak hand and shoot on the run and feed. Um, you know, and you need some minis that can do that. There's just no, there's no you need an ex-attackman that can be very two-handed in an ideal world. And, and you need to be able to split to your weak hand and, and bang a, you know, a seven-yard shot on the run. When I say need, you know, it's a little bit of an exaggeration because of these Canadians that are scoring all these goals, you know, don't need to do this. Uh, but I think your team needs this, right? You need to have some players uh, that, that can do this. So the, the, the progression that I believe in is that you teach strong hand on your natural side of the field and you work on that. The way the lefty attackman gets to play on his natural side is the way you want to develop all of your players because the moves that the lefty attack men use on and off the ball are very, very intuitive and they lead you to the middle. They lead you to more angle, which leads you to higher efficiencies. And so if you think about your one-on-one -on -one drills, if you just tell kids out top to do a one-on-one -on -one drill, they will run to their strong hand, they will lose angle with every step, and they will just, if they're fast enough, they'll just shoot it on the net. And if you're coming from behind the net, you'll come to your strong hand the same way the lefty attackman does. And if the guy stops you, you'll, 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 you'll keep battling until you can score. But, but when you're battling on your natural side, you're battling for your better angle. When you're battling on your wrong side, you're battling for less angle if you're still getting your strong hand. It is so intuitive for kids to learn these things. Just think about just if you push in, they can naturally do their own rocker to keep coming topside and their own inside roll to keep coming to the topside and their own Z dodge. But obviously as coaches, we want to teach these things. We want to layer them. If you did one-on-ones out top, as most people do for your minis and one-on-ones behind with your attack, as most people do with their attack, Who's going to have the greater repertoire of dodges at the end of the season? There's no question. The attack. The middies will kind of keep doing the same thing. And we all know that if you were like had a million dollars on the line for a one-on-one -on -one dodge, you're not dodging the righty alley as a right-handed player. You're going over the left side of the field. You're getting down low. And you're putting yourself in a position where you can go underneath your top side and you can keep re-dodging until you get to the middle, until you get what you want. For young kids, it, it is no different. Off the ball, it is no different. You want to be gaining angle. And um, this is why box lacrosse is, 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 is a sport that develops players and skill better than field. Because you can't score unless you're coming to the middle. You'll never score on an alley shot in box lacrosse. That's why all the righties go to the left and the lefties go to the right. That's why they don't bother trying to be two-handed. Because... Why would you? You, you're, you only can play on one side at a time anyways. Gain angle. Get to the middle. Learn how to get underneath. Be an expert at getting your strong hand. Let's develop our players this way. You will find amazing success if you use this uh, theory. But let's talk about developing weekend. I mean, after we develop our strong handedness on our natural side, the next thing I would like to do is develop your weekend on your natural side. So you have an ability, if you're that lefty attackman, to shoot a question mark shot with your right hand. 
that you can split to your right hand and throw a pass to X. That if you're a midfielder, you can, if you're a lefty midfielder, you can split down the righty alley and be able to shoot a shot on the run. You don't need much more than seven yards of range. And this is true at, at most levels, to be perfectly honest with you, because if they're going to overplay your right hand alley side, you're going to roll back to your left anyways. You're going to get your left if you're that lefty. And so think about this progression of teaching, focusing on teaching your strong hand on your natural side. Then focus on learning the weak hand skills on your natural side. What does that mean? That means split to your weak hand. That means pass it to X 15 yards on a rope with your weak hand. That means roll back to your weak hand. That means being able to shoot a question mark with your weak hand all on your natural side. And then the final step is, is can you play on the other side of the field and, and, and play with your weekend on the, on, and turn that into your, your new natural side? Some players can. Some players aren't, aren't as good at it. Um, it would be great if we could develop right-handed players into being lefties. I've done it. I've, 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 over the years, I've, I've had kids, uh, generally right-handed players, maybe exclusively right-handed players, that play, have played so many reps on the left side that, that, that they, they, they can do it. They can play two-man games. They can handle a pick and roll. Um, they can finish. They can feed. They can lever pass it. They can behind the back pass it with their weak hand on their wrong side and they're, they're really turning it into their weak side, their, their, their natural side. Um, if you are a coach and you are putting your best players, you know, say in a pairs offense and you don't have lefties and you're putting them over on their wrong side and you're just going to dodge alleys, dodge alleys, dodge alleys, you know, somebody has to do it. That's fine. But you will be limiting their development if you do that, period. They will not develop the repertoire that they would develop on the other side of the field, um, which is why it's probably really beneficial for them to kind of play it as if they were lefties once they're, once they're good enough. If they're young players, don't even bother. Just let them develop their strong hand. Let them develop the feel for that. When I think about players that can be truly two-handed, it's pretty interesting. So let's, let's talk about, you know, bottom hand versus top hand. I am a lefty. I'm a right-handed lefty. Um, right-handed lefties um, make up a, a lot of, probably, I don't know if, if I have the exact numbers, but I'm going to guess and say 85% of the lefties out there are really right-handed guys that play lefty. And um, the advantage of this for those lefties is that their dominant hand is at the end of their stick. And, and, and the dominant hand at the end of the stick does give you some distinct advantages. Um, it, it allows you to control your stick as a whole. You know, a left-handed defender, you know, will, will be able to have a, a, an ability to poke and reach. Uh, a a right-handed lefty goalie is oftentimes better to their off-stick side because they're using their, really both hands, but they're guiding their stick as a whole with their, their, their powers coming from their bottom hand. When you think about the really slick players out there that are right-handed lefties, you, you think about that sort of smoothness that they have. Their ability to, to reach and have, have range because of the dominant hand 
at the end of their stick. Listen, in hockey, the reason why in Canada, you've got really like, it's probably 50-50, if not, a, there's probably a greater number of lefty lacrosse players than righties. Because in hockey, in, in, they develop a, a desire to have their dominant hand at the end of their stick for the same reasons. It, it gives you more range. It gives you an ability to stick handle and have range that's greater than when your dominant hand is not at the end of your stick. Right-handed, there's a lot more right-handed righties in lacrosse than, in, than, in, than, uh, than there are left-handed, right-handed lefties in lacrosse. Like I said, in box, there's always so many lefties. It's crazy. In, in field, it's like, you know, if you have two lefties on your man up, you know, you're happy. You know, rarely do you get three or four lefties on a team. Whereas, you know, on these box teams, these youth teams, there's like 50-50. Pr pretty amazing. But it is the hockey background. So everybody puts a left-handed hockey stick in a right-handed kid's hand because they're trying to learn how to get that advantage of the dominant hand at the end of the stick. There are some advantages, though, of being a right-handed righty as far as being two-handed. Um, the right-handed righties are have a way easier time in being two-handed players. They, 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 can, they can develop a, a weak hand um, more easily. Um, they develop a lot of the strength in their left hand. The right-handed righty will develop strength in their left hand. They will scoop a ball at times. You know, they, they will feel comfortable making a one-handed scoop with their left hand at the end of their stick. They will learn how to yank the ball, uh, yank th the bottom hand of their stick to get a push and a pull. Um, they will be able to make a one-hand catch. They will learn to have range, okay? Because right-handed righties in box lacrosse exist as well. And these guys are incredibly slick. And, um, and what you see out of these field players in particular is that they become really good at shooting on the run. Why? Because think about when, when you learn how to throw a lacrosse ball, a lot of times you're, you're taught to, hey, think about throwing a football or throwing a baseball. You're, you're winding up and throwing it as hard as you can. And when your right hand is, 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 is powering your right-handed shot, then you can imagine that you can get a lot behind it. And you can imagine that your stick as a whole um, is, 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 being, is being torqued into creating power. Um, when you switch over to a right-hander shooting lefty, or for that matter, a right-handed lefty, they're using their power of their right hand more so than the power of their left arm. They can't throw a football as hard as they could throw. Uh, 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 with their right weekend as it could with their strong hand. And so when you get, you start really getting more of a pull when your strong hand is at the bottom of your, at the end of your stick. And that creates a new pivot point. So when you're right-handed righty, your right hand is doing all the work and you've got this lever. When you're left-handed and you're using your right hand to power it, you now have a pivot point at the top of your hand. And so it shortens your stick, it shortens your swing. It, that push-pull creates a quicker release. And that's why most righties will tell you, oh, I shoot the ball on the run better left. 
Well, because they're shooting it more quickly. It's got a quicker release. The push-pull, is it's a, it happens. Pretty amazing. On the flip side, it's really hard for those right-handed lefties to be really two-handed because when they switch over, everything they do is with their top hand. I'm, I'm an example of this. I'm a, I'm a right-handed lefty. When I play lefty, I use my bottom hand to, to make everything happen. All the pushing and pulling happens with my strong bottom hand. When I switch to my right hand, now everything I'm doing is with my strong top hand. My release, I can shoot harder righty, but I can't score as well because I can't shoot as quickly because I do not have the push and pull. I don't feel comfortable at all scooping a one-hand ground ball with my left hand because I'm righty. I did everything with my right hand at the end. So this is why there's a little bit of an advantage in two-handedness for the right-handed righty. And there's a little bit of an advantage in the, the slickness and the craftiness in the right-handed lefty. So some really, really interesting stuff um, as it relates to handedness. You know, in the end, um, I hope this, all this theory on this stuff just makes you think about how you want to develop your players. Um, obviously, being two-handed is, 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 is a great, uh, is a great advantage, but it's not a bigger advantage to be two-handed than it is to be an absolute expert at getting your strong hand. Now that you understand all this, maybe you'll be able to leverage all of it. I hope you enjoyed my first ever solo edition of the Philocrosophy podcast, talking a little bit about handedness. All right, have a great day.